The Tragedy of Cinema podcast is intended as a family-friendly program that by extension strives to be inclusive to all people regardless of their ethnicity, gender, creed, or any other identifying factors in this incredibly diverse world of ours. With that said, some of the films we discuss may contain serious subject matters or have content considered morally objectionable by today's standards. We do not intend to condone or dismiss these aspects of these films, but our primary focus will be on what we believe our film succeeds at, some fun facts, and our personal enjoyment factors of each film. With that said, we hope you enjoy the show. of guys like J.J. Gittes. They're easy to find, if you want to find them. Mr. Gittes, have we ever met? Well, no. Never? Never. Since you agree with me that we've never met before, you must also agree with me that I've never hired you to do anything, certainly not spy on my husband. I don't get tough with anyone, Mr. Gittes. My lawyer does. do your job and sometimes you find the answers to questions that should never be asked or you find out what happens to people who ask them hold it up kitty cat you're a very nosy fellow kitty cat huh you know what happens to a nosy oh. i dislike the word cheat did you have affairs mr giddies did he know about it where were you when your husband died? You were seeing someone, too. For very long? I don't see anyone for very long, Mr. Giddens. It's difficult for me. Mr. Giddens, you're dealing with a disturbed woman who just lost her husband. I don't want to take an advantage of.
gets Chinatown. You get tough. You get tender. You get close to each other. Maybe you even get close to the truth. Jack Nicholson and Faye Dunaway in a Robert Evans production of a Roman Polanski film, Chinatown. Hi guys, welcome back to the Tragedy of Cinema podcast. I'm your host Jimbo and joined again by Private Eye. Private Eyes on Otavia. Uh, Kyle is here to get all of the truth. Dig, dig in the scoop. Of all the podcast studios what, what in the world, I say? he walked into mine. <laughs> Excellent, uh, excellent, excellent. So uh, today we're talking about Chinatown. Chinatown. That's for 96, Chinatown. Oh, yeah. Jimbo, so, gotta, yeah. Okay, go. You ready for the question? The question, Jimbo. Give me the question of all questions. Okay, I'll throw one at you, but you're going to be like, I have no idea. Kyle, uh, besides this movie, name me another movie that Faye Dunaway was in without looking at your notes. Go. <laughs> exactly. He's uh, a cheater. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I know. Jack yeah. Nicholson, what do you think his... When you think of Jack Nicholson, what are the top movies you think of Jack Nicholson's performance in? So, it's obviously... This movie is, is actually top. And then, well, actually, I'd probably say um, uh, The Shining is top for me, personally. I think One and Flew then, Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I would say, I would say uh, The Shining, Chinatown... Um, I don't know who Batman is the Joker. I, 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 yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was going to go Batman, um, just because his Joker role. Probably. I think I thought you would say um, as good as it gets. Anger it's, management. It's, it's good as a, it, it feels like a retirement, just like parade to me. Like it's a, <laughs> I love the film. It's a classic in my eye. But same time, that's just him being like, I'm just having a fun time. Film, and that's fine. Good for him. Um, was it? What was where he was like a womanizer? I forgot the. <laughs> He's like a womanizer, and he's dating some young girl, and then he meets his mom and falls in love with his mom. Uh, Keanu Reeves is in it his too. His mom or her mom? His, his he saw, he falls in love with the ladies with the lady he's dating's mom. Well, you said his mom, and I was like, and not well, his, not not his own mom. That's, that's really that'd be a whole other movie. That'd be a very different kind of movie. I got to look up the name now, otherwise, I because they'll drive me crazy. Give me one second. If only I did a cast of the movie. Something's got to give. That's new in the movie. Something's got to give. Classic movie too. Uh, but that's like that's just like Jack Nicholson being like, I'm kind of retired, but not. <laughs> I'm doing films. That take place in fun places <laughs> good for him um, alright Kyle now that you've done whatever you did <laughs> you did what you do <laughs> go ahead and jump into Chinatown okay alright Chinatown released on June 20th of 1974 directed by Roman Polanski written by Robert Town composed by Jerry Goldsmith cinematographer J.A. Alonzo Budget of the film was six million dollars at the time of production, that being worth about thirty-four point five million dollars of today in terms of expensive. Gross worldwide was twenty-nine point two million dollars, which worth today would be about one hundred sixty-eight point five today worth of value. So big money there, good earnings on them. Let's see here. I'm trying to get the other fun facts here because these notes kind of came out a little bit sideways on me somehow. Um, but we're working through it. Um, Runtime. We have 130 minutes. Sound mix. This actually movie was recorded in mono audio. So no dual speakers for you guys or surround sound. Um, color info. This is a color film. Aspect ratio. We have 2.35 by 1. Camera. We use the Panavision Panaflex and the Panavision C-Series lenses. Film length, we have 3,585 meters. Let's see here. Furthermore, info. Give me one moment here to find out where I've written everything. 
filming dates. Um, movie started filming on October f- um, on uh, October fifteenth of nineteen seventy three and ended on January eighteenth of nineteen seventy four. See here. Moving on, we have the parrot. Um, beautiful part. We have the award sections. Let's see here. And with the award sections, we have. 2001, we have the Online Film and Television Association Award, where it won the Film Hall of Fame. In 2000, it won the PGA Hall of Fame Award for Motion Pictures, awarded to Robert Evans. In 1991, it was added to the National Film Registry Award. In 1975, it won Best Writing and Original Screenplay, original, um, awarded to Robert Town. In 1975, it won the Best Non-European Film Award for the Bodil Awards. In 1975, it also won the Edgar Allan Poe Award for Edgar Allan Poe Award for Best Motion Picture. In 1975, it won the Photogrammas de Plata for Best Foreign Movie Performer, awarded to Jack Nicholson. And also won a Golden Globe for Best Actor in a Motion Picture, awarded to Jack Nicholson. Best Motion Picture in Drama and Best Director, awarded to Roman Polanski. And also won Best Screenplay, awarded to Robert Town. In 1975, it won Best Actor Award for the Jack Nicholson for the National Society of Film Critic Awards. In 1975, also also won the St. Jordi Awards for Best Foreign Film. 1975, also won the Writers Guild of America Award for Best Drama Written Directly for the Screen. And in 1975, it won the, it won the Kansas City Film Critic Awards for Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor. In 1974, it also um, got award for Top 10 Films for the National Board of Review. And in 1974, it won the New York Film Critic Circle Awards for Best Actor. Let's see here, and that is the awards for Chinatown. Next up, we have the cast. My favorite part here. Here, we of course have Jack Nicholson, the legendary Jack Nicholson, playing Jake Gitz. Jack Nicholson must be obviously be recognized from such films as The Shining in 1980, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest in 1975, Batman in 1989, As Good as It Gets in 1997. Something's Gotta Give in 2003, The Departed in 2006, A Few Good Men in 1992, and The Bucket List. I believe that was 2005. I forgot to write down the year. Next up, we have Faye Dunaway playing Evelyn Moray. She was in such films as Bonnie and Clyde in 1967, Mommy Dearest in 1981, Network in 1976, and Three Days of the Condor in 1975. Next up, we have John John Houston playing Noah Cross. He was in The Maltese Falcon in 1941, The Treasure of the Sierra Madre in 1948, The African Queen in 1951, The Asphalt Jungle in 1950, and Moby Dick in 1956. Going forward, we have Perry Lopez playing Escobar. There were such films as The Steel Jungle in 1956, The Lone Ranger in 1956 as well, The Two Jakes in 1990, and Man Trap in 1961. Next up, we have John Hillerman playing um, Yelberton. He was in such films as Blazing Saddles in 1974, Paper Moon in 1973, The Last Picture Show in 1971, and High Plains Drifter in 1973. Then we have Daryl Zerling playing Hollis Mulray. He was in such films as Doc Savage, The Man of Bronze in 1975, The Ultimate Warrior in 1975, High Anxiety in 1977, and Capricorn 1 in 1977 as well. Next up, we have Diane Ladd playing Ida Sessions. They were such films as National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation in 1989, Wild at Heart in 1990, The Wild Angels in 1966, 
and White Lightning in 1973. Then we have Richard Backlund playing Loach. They were such films as Paratroop Command in 1959, The Delinquents in 1957, The Cool and the Crazy in 1958, and Heart, Hot Car Girl in 1958. Then we have James Hong playing Evelyn's Butler. Um, he was such films as Big Trouble in Little China in 1986, uh, Ma Rain uh, in 1998, and the Kung Fu Panda Trilogy, as well as many other films. <laughs> Kung Fu. Kung Fu Panda. Panda. That's the cast of Chinatown. Jimbo, take it from me. What do you want to say? Well, before we get started, um, I think it's important that we address um, the Roman pl- elephant. In yeah, the, room? the elephant yeah. in the room for this movie is uh, Roman Polanski. Um, I'm only going to mention this here. So, um, in uh, the final, this this is the final film that Polanski made in the United States because he fled to France. In February of 1978, uh, shortly before he was due to be sentenced for unlawful sexual intercourse with a 13-year-old girl whose name I'm not going to give. Um, so he's, he has avoided visiting any country that would likely extradite him back to the United States of America since then. So I wanted to go ahead and clear that out of the air um, because we do not agree with what Roman Pulaski did. Yes, Although really this movie principle. is fantastic. Yes. Uh, so just wanted to state that right now that we do not condone or support uh, anything that Polanski did in his yeah. personal life. Yeah. But this movie is great. Yes. So I you, can be a, to... you can be a terrible person and a great film director. Roman Polanski is the poster child of that <laughs> Right. So just wanted to go ahead and cover that real quick before uh, we dive into it. Kyle, before we go on and talk, give me the synopsis of this movie. Uh, Jack Nicholson's Jake Gitz gets caught into a conspiracy of... of uh, uh, let's see here: corporate espionage and murder, and um, a uh, and uh, uh, like a love triangle. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And a, um, I was trying to think of that, the femme fatale uh, <laughs> kind of scenario. And he has to um, use his um, his his wits as a private investigator to um, solve the mysteries. And get to the bottom of it and try and save the day. And boy, yeah. do we have a Scooby Doo moment at the end of this? There is movie. definitely a whole <laughs> lot of stuff, and this is not a this is not a light film at all. This is no. a heavy film. I made it may sound a little bit more lighthearted than it is. This is a very serious film that gets to a lot of dark places. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll go ahead and talk about it. So uh, this has been known as uh, marked as the number nineteenth uh, greatest movie of all time according to AFI. Um, I also read another one where they consider this the greatest movie of all time. Because the screenplay is now regarded as being one of the most perfect screenplays ever written and is now a main teaching point in screenwriting seminars and classes everywhere. Yes, so, that makes sense. I mean, this film is, doesn't have a wasted moment, really. Nope. Everything's important in it. Yep. It's a long film. Every little detail matters and like comes up next. And you know what? Matter. I couldn't stop watching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was my first screening of it. And I, this is, of course, this is why we started this podcast is because there's movies like this that I'd never seen and I really enjoyed this movie. And I was just hanging on to every scene, you know what I mean? So I thought it was very well done. It's, it's, yeah, it is a very detail rich film. It truly is. You know, it, right. it warrants repeat viewing and like paying close attention every time you view it because there's always something more caught to it and that's under the film. Right. Yeah. So at the time of this filming, Jack Nicholson had just embarked on his long standing relationship with Angelica Houston. Uh, this made his scenes with her father, Johnny, uh, a little bit awkward, I uncomfortable, <laughs> especially the one time Angelica was on the set the day when they were filming the scene where Noah Cross interrogates Nicholson's character with Mr. Getz, do you sleep with my daughter? So, <laughs> I can't imagine. Well. <laughs> Funny you should ask. 
after several takes that never looked quite right, Faye Dunaway got annoyed and told Jack Nicholson to actually slap her. He did and felt very guilty for it, despite it being Dunaway's decision. This shot made it into the movie. Makes sense. That's yeah. one thing when I was watching, I was like, did he just... Really do that? Yeah. And then he just did it like several more times. And then I was like, it's, wow. It's awkward when it's there's like a, that. If you haven't watched this movie, there's going to be some spoilers here towards the end of this we talk about. Can't really be avoided in this case. No. This is a full spoiler movie. But, yeah. but it's, it's a thing. Um, so uh, Jack Nicholson is present in every single scene of this film, too. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty cool. And they said that a lot of times they had the camera shooting behind him, so you actually saw what he's seeing. That's his perspective. Yeah. yeah so... so yeah. Um, I think it was really cool. So you could actually put yourself in the situation that he was in. Yeah, it, it is pure like his POV kind of movie for sure. You know, they, you know everything he knows throughout the entire film. You know, and they they still managed to get the whole plot in there. You know, it's really impressive. Uh, at one point, Roman Polanski and Jack Nicholson got into such a heated argument that Polanski smashed Nicholson's portable television with a mop. Nicholson used that television to watch the Los Angeles Lakers basketball games and kept stalling shooting. He's a big L.A. Laker fan. Yes. He's always sitting courtside. Lifetime so. fan. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, uh, I want to side of Jack Nicholson on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Despite lobbying Robert Evans and Jack Nicholson for the chance to direct the film, when he finally landed the gig, Roman Pulaski started having second thoughts. The thought of returning to Los Angeles, where his wife, Sharon Tate, had been brutally murdered uh, four years early by Charles Manson and gang. Well, I guess Charles Manson didn't, but his followers. Uh, was too overwhelming for him. So, yeah, yeah. So that's a uh, he's <laughs> same time. So he's been a victimizer and a victim of incredible crimes right. in the world, and uh, very interesting place in history that man has had. Um, multiple directions. Yeah, I don't know what more to say about that. <laughs> uh, Faye Dunaway and Roman Polanski were notorious for their onset arguments during filming. Polanski pulled out some strands of Dunaway's hair. On another occasion, when she asked him what her character's motivation when he exploded, just say the F-word words, your salary is your motivation. Wow. He just seems like such a hardhead director, you know oh, what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I understand. Uh, the film's enigmatic title is a metaphor for moral corruption by unseen forces. Throughout the film, Jake uh, Gitz refers to his time as police officer in Chinatown where he can't always tell what's going on. In Hollywood... The movie's line, forget it, Jake, it's Chinatown, has become a mantra for those who have been burned or snubbed by the entertainment industry. The implication being that it's better to let it go than make an issue of it because that's just how the industry works. Yeah, I, it, like, I, mean, I think it goes even beyond um, like Hollywood and everything. Like that. Like it, it is the go-to line for burnout, basically, like that. Like, you know, you have... You have been weighed down by the world too much, and you have to let this go. Otherwise, it will destroy you. Right. Because you can't overcome the world. You know, no one can. <laughs> uh, at the yeah. end of the film, when Jake says, give me five minutes, there are exactly five minutes left in the film. This was actually unintentional. That's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jack Nicholson said to the public that he'd rather disliked the ending. Which I can't blame him. I didn't really care for it either. But you know, yeah, it, it's it's the ending that makes sense. But I understand the disappointment in there. But like, but that's intentional at that point too. Like, you, you know, uh, in the original script, no scenes took place in Chinatown at all. <laughs> so, and this was also a weird spot in uh, LA history. I guess like the year before they had closed down Chinatown, the year that this film and where when it takes place, there was no Chinatown, and then the new Chinatown was like the year after. So, yeah. Um, 
uh, we didn't know more of the history on China. Maybe we'll get to that when we get to the big trouble in Little China time. We'll, we'll cover that topic a little more extensively. But I don't know much of the personal history of the Chinatown section of uh, San Francisco or something like that, too. But uh, there, there is interesting history there. I do know that for sure. Uh, so I have to dig more into that. Faye Dunaway's distinctive look was inspired by Roman Polanski's mother, memories of his mother, who in, was in the pre-World War II era, would fashionably wear penciled-on eyebrows and her lipstick shaped in the form of a Cupid's bow. Huh. And it's weird, like, the idea that, like, you know, in Faye, in Faye Dunaway's, obviously, that look in that film obviously went to inspire multiple generations of people later on. Yeah, her eyebrows cover... bugged me, though, with the pencil. And it's, it's a very weird look. It's I so know. distinctive that, like, at the same time, people want to replicate it, though. And you it's remember, so distinctive. Right. Like, yeah, you can't unsee it when you see it. The, I told, I was talking to Kyle uh, about this at breakfast this morning. There was a rumor that this was the first part of a planned trilogy written by Robert Town about J.J. Gitz, Gates, Gitz. And Los Angeles. The second part, The Two Jakes, 1990, was directed by Jack Nicholson, which I need to watch that to see if it's actually a continuation of him. Mm-hmm. Um, the supposed third part never existed as later confirmed by the writer. However, certain elements and details of the story, which was a corrupt company called Cloverleaf, tries to buy up all the public transportation in order to replace it with freeways, would later end up being, yes, Who Framed Roger Rabbit in 1988, which was a film nor spoof and homage to Chinatown. Yeah, it, this is this is also kind of films of the film like last you call it like Close Encounters of the Third Kind, where a film doesn't really hold up as well, but still went on to influence tons of films. This film influences tons of other media as well. Like I know, like if you watch like L.A. Confidential or even like the video game L.A. Noir or um, even like um, the television show Archer did an entire season that's basically like ripping off this film in a fun way. Um, this movie is incredibly influential in so many ways, where it's like so many of the plot elements came out later in other films too. Even for this supposed trilogy to kind of make like so many of the ideas here are rich for um you know more investigative story like this is basically the template for a perfect like detective movie basically right you know so philip lambro was originally hired to write the film's musical uh, score but it was rejected at the last minute by producer robert evans leaving jerry goldsmith only 10 days to write and record a new score However, when it was time to put together a trailer for the film, the studio's marketing department decided that Goldsmith's new score wasn't suitable. Lambro was asked if cues from his original score could be used instead. In exchange for allowing his music to be used for the trailer, Lambro asked to retain the publishing rights to his own score. Paramount Pictures agreed on the condition that if the music was ever released commercially, Lambro could not use the title Chinatown. An album with Lambro's original rejected score was finally released in 2012 under the title Los Angeles 1937. Wow. My thing is, why would you care at that point? You think it would you think it would draw more people to Chinatown to buy the movie for they would make Paramount would make more money. Oh, in terms of like in terms of like trying to get like the Paramount's perspective on it, I can't really get heads or tails of those kind of reasoning necessarily of how why the business wants to decide to do that. Like because they always want to take care of their brand and like keep that gated off as much as they possibly can. You know, no one else can do it besides them for their approval. They can even be paid about that in a lot of ways. But as as from the artist perspective, though, I understand wanting to maintain the rights of your music and always wanting to kind of keep those things um, to yourself as well. Um, you know, I want to I want to always be in favor of the artists in many scenarios, unless that artist is Roman Polanski. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, so here's another. This was uh, voted the fourth greatest film of all time by Entertainment Weekly. Uh, Rance Howard, who plays the role of the angry farmer at the council meeting, is the father of famed actor and director Ron Howard and the grandfather of Bryce Dallas Howard. Uh, the Ron only- Howard's entire family history is just, like both his daughter uh, Bryce Dallas Howard and his father just like, just like the whole that is a whole history of Hollywood right there 
A lineage. The only scene in the film in which Jack Nicholson, Faye Dunaway, and John Huston appear together is the last scene in the film. This is also the only scene in the movie that was set and filmed in Chinatown. Oh, okay. Uh, the Orange Grove scene was filmed at Triad Ranch, 3240 Sunset <clears throat> Valley Road, Moore Park, California, the house of John Huston's friend, actor Walter Brennan. Jack Nicholson had the name Jake Gets written on the shirts he used in the movie. This is um, though not, not really known. Um, it was done so Nicholson could enter into the character more easily. Makes sense. I think was- when I put this shirt on, I am now a detective. I, I, I'm now detective. I'm now detective man. Uh, detective know. man. I'm detective man. Uh, <laughs> There were many That's rumors. What Batman <laughs> says when he puts on the cow. I'm Detective Ben now. <laughs> there are many rumors circulating about Faye Dunaway's diva-like behavior during the making of the film. One such was that she refused to flush her own toilet and expected her assistants to do it for her. <laughs> hey guys, come look what I left. <laughs> it's just uh... Uh, another occasion when filming a scene in a car, Roman Polanski refused to let her urinate so he could finish the scene. She then urinated in a cup and threw it in his face. I'm going to side fade down away on that one. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so I no, don't know. The story's I, different when one person's a pedophile. Know if, I don't know if she was like this on all of her movie sets or if it was just Roma Polanski driving her that crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because <laughs> I've never really heard anything bad about Faye Dunway. So. Well, no, like, I, I'm a big fan of the movie Network, specifically in 1976. I didn't hear anything about that. And I've seen Bunnell and Clyde, Three Days of Condor. I've seen those movies, too, and I haven't heard anything about Faye Dunway being mad at that one. So, you know. But, like, you know, anytime you enter Roman Polanski into the name of that situation, well, obviously he's a terrible person. So, like, you can blame him for anything you want. Even if he's not guilty, you still blame him <laughs> for those kind of moments. Just like, the oh, original script was over 180 pages. No, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, especially like for how for how dense this movie is in a good way. Uh, that makes sense. Jake Gitz was named after Jack Nicholson's friend, producer Harry Gitz. When Gitz follows Hollis Mulray to the top of the cliff, where he leaves a watch under his tire, he passes a bar with an open door. One can hear "I Can't Get Started" by Bunny Berrigan, the hit of August 1937. Hmm. Interesting little detail there. Uh. Oddly enough, the year in which Chinatown is set is 1937. Jack Nicholson was born in 1937. Wow. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Happy he's still kicking. He's He's getting up there. That's That's not 70. That's that's a lot more. That's that's like 90, like 86, something like that. Yeah. Uh, This is one of Christopher Nolan's favorite movies. It's obviously on the 1001 movies you must see before you die, and as well as Roger Ebert's movie list. Deservedly so. Mm-hmm. as this was originally conceived as a trilogy, Jack Nicholson subsequently turned down every other detective role that he was offered as he wanted to be only associated with the character J.J. Gitz. I think that makes a lot of sense, you know, because, like, just... Jane Fonda turned down the role of Evelyn Mulray. This is the 15th highest grossing film of 1974. Bruce Glover, who plays Duffy, one of Jake's colleagues in the agency, played Mr. Wint in the 1971 Bond film Diamonds Are Forever. He's also the father of actor and author, Crispin Glover. Crispin Glover. Oh, wow. Small world. <laughs> uh, when Jake confronts Evelyn, he says to her, I want the truth. Jack Nicholson will later appear in the 1992 yeah, exactly. film yeah. A Few Good Men, where Tom Cruise also says, I want the truth. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. You sent me that thing on TikTok that was mashed up with yeah, Legally, legally blonde. blonde. It was so good. I was crying. <laughs> uh, cameo, uh, C.O. Erickson, the film's executive producer, plays the banker in the barbershop who starts an argument with Jake. Mm-hmm. The director cameo, Polanski is in this. He's the he plays uh, the man with knife. Actually, yeah, yeah. He, he 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 didn't. He likes being in his cameo in his films, uh, 
but he is also known as the hood who slits Jack Nicholson's nose. He was less thrilled about having to cut his long hair for the brief appearance in the film. Which I don't understand why you couldn't have had a long hair guy cutting, but I guess in the yeah, 1937 I, I, it might not have been a thing. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay, so before I go any further, here's the big spoiler of the ending of this movie. Come to find out where Jack Nicholson is tying all these knots together um, and he goes to Faye Dunaway because she, she keeps going to see this uh, girl, this other girl, this other girl, this other girl. Mm-hmm. So Jack Nicholson says, look, you've been lying to me. I want to know who this girl is. And she said, she's my sister. And he hauls off and slaps her. And she said, uh, she's my daughter. He hauls off and slaps her. Again. She's my sister. Slap. She's my daughter. Slap. And she's like, he's like, I want the truth. She said, she is. she's my sister, my daughter, blah, blah, blah. Basically, her father has done some wicked things to her, and it is both her sister and her, and daughter. her daughter. Yes. So, and she's trying to keep her father away from the daughter. Yeah. Because he doesn't know where she's at. Mm-hmm. So it's also her granddad and father. It's really a weird situation. Yeah. So Catherine Mulway is raised believing that Evelyn Mulray is her sister, but it is later revealed that Evelyn is her mother, or rather both mother and sister. Here's the here's the crazy part. Shortly after this film was released, Jack Nicholson discovered that the woman he was raised to believe was his sister was in fact his mother. He also learned the people he was raised to believe his uh, were his parents were actually his, his grandparents. grandparents. Yeah. So it's crazy how that tied into this movie like that. Too. Yeah. Minus the incest. <laughs> nice. uh, Roman Polanski uh, has said that the dark ending of the film was a result of his own despair following the murder of his wife Sharon Tate. So, um, and the ending's pretty cool where she gets the. Uh, the uh, bullet hole through the eye. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's incredibly dark. It's incredibly dark, yeah. Uh, the scene um, where Roman Polanski slits Jack Nicholson's nose was extremely complex to film, and the two men involved got so tired of explaining how it was done. It was done by using a specifically constructed knife with a short hinge that would be safe as long as it was handled very carefully, mm-hmm. uh, that they began to claim Nicholson's nose was actually cut. <laughs> so they're like, we're, we're not going to tell it's, you. It's, it's just easier to say cut. we cut his nose. Yeah, we just stabbed him. Um, <laughs> When Evelyn is treating Jake's nose wound, he asks about her flawed eye. At the end of the film, Evelyn was shot through that same eye. (laughs) So that was a foreshadowing. Uh, Okay. When Jake and Evelyn are in the car during the scene where Evelyn tells Jake that Catherine is her sister, she lowers her head and actually hits the car horn. This foreshadows her death, which she is shot while driving her head lies on the car horn. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, incredibly dark. It's it's one noise you hear for the longest time. And this is something else that was... Not specifically done for the movie, but it happened. Uh, the film shows frequently shows us images of two things that are identical, except one of them is flawed. There are two pocket watches side by side. One is broken, one is not. A pair of eyeglasses, one lens is cracked, the other one is not. Uh, gets his nostrils, one is sliced, the other one is not. Uh, gets smashes one taillight on Evelyn's car. He lost one shoe in the reservoir. Evelyn has a flaw in one of her irises. Catherine looks like a duplicate of Evelyn, but uh, is the product of incest. The list goes on and on and on. But according to Robert Town, it was unintentional. He and Roman Polanski never discussed any such images as a recurring theme. Whatever meaning may be ascribed to the symbolism, the filmmakers did not do it intentionally. Purely accidental, but Excellent. does add to the richness of the film. So, Kyle, explain to me your feelings and thoughts and overall view of China. Feelings and thoughts and all kinds of stuff. You know, uh, this is a film that I think is absolutely worth watching regularly i think it's an enjoyable film i i love it 
Um, I, I, I love terrible sad Indians in films, especially too. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm a masochist for that. Um, it is a film that I would frankly encourage most people to pirate just because of the association with Roman Polanski. Um, unfortunately, he still makes money off these kind of films, and I don't want to support a creator who um, committed such crimes as he has. Um, but if you want to reach the film in any kind of way you wish, go ahead. It's uh, worth watching. Um, I truly love it. I think it's one of the densest films ever made in a really good way. Um, Jack Nicholson, every actor in there, is doing a terrific job in their performance. The Anything to the set design, the period pieces, um, everything they got there, and all those stories, it's uh, a remarkable film. And uh, I really do appreciate it. So I, my, my thoughts don't get much deeper than that, honestly, and going into the whole thing about it. Um, it's just a film I really appreciate. I'm a sucker for detective movies, too. So it's just uh, it's, it, it hits all the notes for me to love it. So that's kind of where I stand. Right. Um, I, Jimbo, love the, yeah. I love the... Uh, the detective movies, especially like back in the day where they had their office, you know, and, and they're sitting there. It's usually a black and white mm-hmm. film. And, yeah. and that lady walks in, you know, of all the world to walk into my office, she walked she into mine. mine. Yeah. yeah. One of those. It's always a beautiful lady that's either she thinks her husband's cheating on her or there's yeah. been a murder and they're accusing me, embezzlement, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I love detective movies that start out like oh, yeah. that. Well, here's um, a cynical man who's seen way too much, and here comes one more person who unfortunately brings hope back to his life, only to dash it away again the right, hardest possible right. way. You know, the, like, and the detective's usually drunk. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's drunk. Like he's 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 already suffered way too much, and here comes this woman who gives him the small glimmer of hope to be a good man one day again, and then they just pull the rug out from under him all the way. Like I'm a sucker for that story, and they do this. This is the, one of the hardest movies they do that in, yeah. you know, especially with that 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 incredibly sad ending. Um, um, yeah. This this movie had me entertained from the get go. Um, you're you're trying to put the pieces together. You're starting to see um, because they tie in the water supply. How mm-hmm. they're only releasing a little bit of amount of water to basically have all these oranges grow you know yeah and um but they're cutting it off from other areas of the town it's very interesting to follow that because you really don't know where it's going you thought you thought there was some sort of something going on there but then there's a whole nother story going on about uh faye dunaway's character yes, and her daughter and everything like yes, that too and uh, you know what her what fate what, what evelyn's husband was actually doing with this girl and all kind of stuff too right and who originally hired so her you're thinking that you're thinking that her husband's out having an affair on Faye Dunaway when it's actually not he's actually yeah the film does such a does a perfect job of putting basically like these puzzle pieces together and you think you have these two separate threads and then you realize like no they're one in the same they're one in the same puzzle basically and they they put them together in such a way where like as soon as like Jack Nicholson is ready to explain to you what's going on you're putting the pieces together as, as long as he is explaining it right there with you right so like you don't feel like a fool you feel like you're smart because you're paying attention to the movie itself too and you feel so. like you're right there with him you yeah know? it's like you're the detective almost yeah yeah the moment uh, of, like the, the moment of realization like, is put so perfectly well that you come to it naturally as well there is it's another really movie uh, that we're gonna have to cover soon it's called The Lady in the Lake or The Lady of the Lake and um, it's basically where you are the detective it's filmed in first person mm-hmm. and it's really cool and uh i think we'll have to do that pretty soon too but yeah. I, I think this is a great movie uh the, the the plot is really uh really complicated but if you pay attention it's a detective show so i, I like that aspect of it so uh yeah i think it's definitely a must watch just um be forewarned there it's kind of weird at times yeah if you will um and something I also noticed is Jack Nicholson's always smoking in this movie. You know, he's always like open up the cigarette game. You know? He's a detective. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in uh, the 30s, he's a detective yeah. in the 30s. So, yeah. um, and he's always drinking too. I think, but uh, 
I think it's I think it's really well done. Well done. Yeah. Uh, definitely a movie I thought I didn't know nothing about because and you watch it and it's it turns out really good. Yeah, it is. It's one of those movies that comes unnervingly close to perfect in so many ways. Right. You know. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I was trying to think if there was any nudity or anything about. It. I forget. Is this rated R? Uh, yes, it is. Yeah. So yes. just. There might be some language, and I'm, I'm trying to think if there's any nudity. I don't remember any off the top of my head, but there could be. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, there's language, there's violence, there's something like that. Oh, too. Yeah. And this is a very adult themed movie for sure. Right. Know? Just like, you know, for the inherent aspects of the light of the late plot, you know, like there's like a lot of things you definitely wouldn't have to, didn't, you wouldn't want to explain to a child I, after watching this film. I was <laughs> lost when they said, I was like, wait a minute. She said, Father, uh, then I'm thinking. Oh man, this is an incestual. Oh my goodness! You know, my mind was like, "Well, like I should have seen this coming." You know? yeah, yeah. Or just like you know, there's, there's deeper aspects of it too, where it's just like she avoids the question when like he accuses him of being rain raped, and she avoids that. Right. To say like the like, to point where like she wants to protect her daughter sister, but she also doesn't believe her daughter father raped him. Right. That's a very creepy That's where, thing for a character. Uh, kind of thing, yes, you know? and I was like. But, because he's like, did he rape you? And she's like, no. And I was like, oh, well, this just took yeah, another weird yeah, turn. That's another thing where it's just like, you know, like that's not they have to they have to move past that. But that clears that that lady is clearly messed up in the head in ways that she's not resolved. You know, right. It's like, and that's a lot of things are just like, if you're not an adult who can kind of deal with those, like hearing that character say that, it's a very difficult film to watch. You know, you can't explain. You can you certainly can't explain that to a kid. Like, oh no, no, she was abused, but she's okay with it, and that's still wrong. Right? <laughs> yeah, it, like I said, it's a weird movie you know, at times, it's, it's but a, but it's it's a good movie. Yeah, I, it's, I would watch it again, definitely. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a deep film worth thinking about, and I I truly love it. I hate the director, everything he stands for, but I love the movie. <laughs> so Chinatown, good. Probably Plansky bad. Plansky bad. <laughs> Me uh, and Path. Yeah. From Plansky, real so, bad lives. <laughs> um, the next time we record, the next uh, one will be the great James Dean movie, Rebel Without a Cause. Rebel Without a Cause. All right. Uh, yeah. So it was my first time watching that as well. I've seen glimpses and pieces of it, but I actually sat and watched it all. And it's another weird movie. I, I, I've never fully sat down and watched it myself, so I look forward to that. Oh, you haven't watched week. it yet? No, no, I have not. No, okay. no, I, I'm, still, I'm still in the back. Um, I've got to keep, keep up with you, Jimbo. Don't forget our uh, live shows coming up in July, I think July Ooh. 16th, with Hillbilly Horror Stories. Every week it feels so much closer, right? I know. Kyle's nervous. <laughs> That's how time works. <laughs> uh, uh, also, if you want to follow us on the uh, Facebook group, the Tragedy of Cinema podcast group on Facebook, uh, we have a lot of fun in there, post a lot of different stuff. Um Kyle's working hard diligently. Actually, he's almost started the TikTok. The tragedy I, I of have all of these ideas and zero like zero <laughs> motivation. Zero motivation. Uh, I want to get these things. I done. think I'll have to buy him a pizza if he gets it done. <laughs> <laughs> have to bribe uh, me of food. Right. <laughs> Give food to the fat. Yes, sir. Work right now, sir. exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're on Instagram too, although I hardly post anything on there. We're on Twitter, so um, if you want to follow us on social media, go ahead. Um, also, let's go ahead and shout out a couple of our fellow podcasters. Let's go ahead and give them a little credit. Uh, there's the Great Hillbilly Horror Stories uh, with Jerry and Tracy Pauly, whom this podcast was uh, possible by. Uh, there is the Great uh, HHH Media by Tim Mullins. There mm-hmm. is the Evil Never Dies podcast, if you like uh, uh, heavy metal slash uh, horror movies. Yeah. Uh, Brett and uh, Carl do a great job there. Then you have Middle Aged and Creeped Out. Which is Sean, uh, Todd, and I always forget Nate. Nate, I think, is the other one. I always forget his name. Uh, then you have Justin Rimmel, Mysterious Circumstances. Uh, you have um, 
Oh, what's the other one? I, I'm going to feel bad There's if I so leave somebody you, out. No, you don't want to leave one out. Yeah, like, we, uh, we love them all. We really appreciate them all. So no if I didn't mention you, you know I love you. I just, I'll just have to make a special episode. We'll get your time. Uh, we'll get Leslie your time Fear, Because I Want to Know. That's another one. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just uh, Kind of Murdery with Zevon. Uh, he's a really cool dude. So uh, just trying to shout out some of the people that I know and that have been part of our Christmas episodes and stuff. So uh, go over there, uh, download them, check them out. They're usually available anywhere you find our podcast. You can find their podcast and kind of like a podcast family. Also, got a little exciting news coming. I don't want to release it yet, but there may be another podcast I'm entitled to. Or not entitled to. Uh, involved with. <laughs> entitled to. I'm entitled to all these Give podcasts. me this podcast. No, it's mine uh, now. <laughs> there, there is another new podcast that I will be involved in. I don't want to go into details yet because... Uh, it's a little too early sure right now. Yeah. It's too early, but we are in the beginning stages and getting stuff put together with artwork, music, uh, stories. So um, be on the lookout for that. So, Kyle, any last thoughts? You know, I'm hungry. <laughs> 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 I think movies are cool. <laughs> last thoughts. All right. All right. Well, with that being said, I think this episode is coming to a close. And that's a wrap. And cut. <laughs>